Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.ca.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, It's Your Choice, The Truth About Decisions. Enjoy listening to the sermon today. Good morning, good morning. The second week of a new year. New years are often a new season, something that God is going to take you into. And our desire and our heart's longing is that you would go in a deeper sense of God's hand upon your life. Our desire as a church is, and as the leadership is to deepen this God love for you, but deepen your walk with God. You have our prayers. Bobby and I wish to extend the blessed new year while it's the second week. But today is a very significant day in church history. Church calendar says that today they celebrate across the world Jesus' dedication when they brought him into the temple. So there's a sense of a a desire of God to speak within your life regarding things and decisions. A practice of mine over the years is that at this season and this time of the entrance into a new season, that I do some reflection, I pause longer, I start evaluating, I ask, where's God been working in my life? Where's God been calling me, leading me? To see where he wants me to deepen that what he's doing in my life. And also at the same time, to move away. To lay aside things that I know hinder that deepening. A prayer written in the 1200s. That's a long time ago. One of the ancients wrote these words, which I try to pray regularly, particularly at this time. And I want to pray that over us before we start the service, my ministry of the word. So would you close your eyes with me? If you're with your partner, uh, it's good to hold their hand. If you've had a little tiff before you, this is a good time to make up now. Okay. So just reach out to those who are close to you. Pray this with me silently. Lord, I open my heart to you that I may know you more clearly, that I would love you more dearly, and that I would follow you more nearly, day by day, hear my cry, amen. Now one of the challenges in the new season that we face is that we will face some difficult decisions. We'll face challenges and challenges always result in decisions. Which way should I go? Should I do this? What's the guiding principles of my life? 
And it's the leadership of our church under Pastor Daniel that wisely and discerningly chose the series that we're entering into for the next few weeks. It's called, It's Your Decision. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna dig deeper and come and walk closer with each other around God's word, around the ministry of the Holy Spirit, in the process of our decision making. What is there that I need to know? What do I need to practice? There's a statement made that the quality of your decisions will determine and impact and influence on your quality of life. Decisions have an impact. It influences the quality of life. And to start off, I wanna lay some foundational truths about decisions to clear up maybe any confusion in your mind. The promises of God is that he always promises to lead his people and guide them in their decisions. That's an assurance. Book of Isaiah says, and you hear my voice. Turn to your left and turn to your right. The book of uh, John speaks about the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. So there is unquestionable promises. However, there's a truth that I think sometimes we've missed. He will lead you. He will guide you. But he won't make the decision for you. That he leaves with you. God has given mankind the ability and responsibility to make decisions and choices. Young married man that I was and I thought I was so righteous and so holy, of course I went to Bible school and there you think you know everything about the Bible. And we had a little flat, we were newlywed, Bobby and I, and uh, I was trying to do some handyman and I'm not very good at that, but I was dapping away and knocking a nail or screw driving and knocking a nail and she tried to come past and she bumped me unintentionally, unintentionally, (laughs) and I, it was Bobby, unintentionally. And I slammed the hammer on my thumb and I let out one of those big words that you don't let out. And nochal, I'm a minister. And you know what I did the first thing, next thing that came out of my mouth? You see what you made me do? No, Pedro, she said. Wise, no, Pedro, it is your decision. You see, right from creation, When God created man and woman, he gave them the power of free will. The freedom to make choices is part of your DNA. Now we'll see clearly in the patterns through scripture how this plays out. These are foundational truths so there will be clarity of understanding when it comes to decisions. They made me do it. You know those things that come out of your mouth and say, I don't know where that came from. Well, who was behind you talking? <laughs> it was you. It's the decisions. Sometimes the involuntary responses, but it's coming from us. We have the power to say yes or no and to follow him. 
If you look at Genesis chapter one, where it all started, God creates and he makes a beautiful garden. And in that garden, he produces or he, 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 he makes uh, trees and plant and, and, and fruit that you could eat and survive. And he gives him the right to eat freely. But in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and of knowledge of good and evil. Now notice what he says to them. Eat everything you want. Then he says this. But God commanded the man. Take note of the woman yet. The man. You can eat from any tree in the garden. Except from the tree of knowledge of good and of evil. Don't eat from it. God left them a clear instruction, but he didn't force them. He didn't put an electric fence around it. He said, it's going to be your decision. You can choose to follow my way, or you can decide to follow your way and live according to your own desires. He left the choice to them. Because he will lead you, but he'll always leave the responsibility for you to make it the choice. You see this played out in Joshua and the people of Israel. God sets them free from this wonderful, wonderful occasion where they exodus out and they are set free from slavery after 400 years. They're now entering into a promised land that God had spoken to them over centuries. In Exodus, he, he, he gives them instructions. In Deuteronomy, he gives them instructions. And now they finally entered in. But it's Joshua who has to challenge the people. He says to them, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. There's the presentation of this most beautiful promise he's given. I've led you, I've guided you, I've provided for you. Now you choose to follow me or not. You see the truth when Jesus addresses a crowd. Matthew chapter 7. Speaking to Pharisees alike. Matthew 7, verse 13, he says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many choose that way. Very interesting people said, that's so unfair, God sends people to hell. Let me read the scripture. The gate is wide for many, choose that way. Freedom of how you want to live your life is your responsibility before God. God wants a response of love. God chose to create us with free will because decisions that we make will influence and impact the quality 
of our life here and eternity. So what are the guidelines? And I'm aiming at just giving high uh, 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 view of guidelines, three guidelines that I've seen from scripture and laying the foundation for the series and also has been a practical journey with me and experiences with God. So I've combined what scripture says and I've applied some of these principles into my life. Let me share it with you. I believe that Genesis, the very beginning starting point on the process before you look at the rights and the wrongs, start with the Genesis, the very beginning point of making any decision is having the assurance, knowing deep in your heart and the confidence that God loves me and he is faithful to his word. In other words, that deep sense in my heart that God's love and faithfulness will never depart from me. Even though I'm confused and I'm not certain and I'm not clear, God I'm clear on loves me more than I could ever imagine. Now, one of the great examples and encouragement for me in my own life has been the life of Jacob. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, our father of faith, and his father was Isaac. So he came from a a line of great spiritual leaders, men who followed God, yet he wasn't. He wasn't that kind of example that they were. In fact, he was one who chose to make decisions often that were not in line with God's will for his life. In fact, his name means deceiver, another common word in our South African and our colloquial South African name was a scallum. <laughs> you don't trust him, he's a shifty guy. Yeah. You watch out. But you know, made decisions that led him to be running from his own brother who he did in. That's how bad it got. He was running for his life. He had cheated and deceived his own brother from his inheritance. He was afraid, desperate. Can you do a thing like that? Yes, he did it. God writes to us these leads, these great examples of men who've made bad decisions to help us be assured that it's not all over for us. In other words, it's not the end. Because God, in his lowest point, finds him. Let me explain what I'm saying. Finds him. He was running away from God like Jacob, excuse me, uh, Jonah in the uh, the ship, running away like the prodigal son. But God follows those who run away. Bobby's helping me in my sermon today. (laughs) The hound of heaven. He will seek you. He will find you. He's waiting for you. He says a bad decision, but I'm right there by you. Listen to what he says to him. 
I am the Lord. The God of Abraham, your grandfather, by the way. And the God of Isaac, your father. I am with you. Who needs to hear that today? I will protect you everywhere you go and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until you have done what I have promised. Hiding, failure, disappointed in himself. And God says, I'll put you on the right path. There's assurance that we need to know that when we face indecisions in 2023, that God himself, God himself loves me and he's faithful. Jeremiah, another prophet rejected by people, every time he preached the king and even the people would put him into prison, the religious leaders tortured him, imprisoned him, put him in a pit. He was known as the weeping prophet because He often shared news and and the news was rejected. At the lowest point, Jerusalem is now destroyed. The people are taken into captivity and he's alone. And he writes the book of Lamentation, the cry of a man in desperate, desperate need. And listen to what he says in chapter three, verse 23. But great is the faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. I will hope in him. You need to hear this. Facing 2023, God is for you. He'll always love you. His mercy is always for you. Mercy in the Bible speaks about kindness that you don't deserve. Compassion that will strengthen your weaknesses. When you are afraid, when you're insecure, his faithfulness is unquestionable. The Lord has, Psalmist says, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. He speaks to his people and says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. I will neither fail you or abandon you. When you have failed yourself, when you make decisions that people say, well, you made your bed, you must lie on that's true. But you're not alone. There's one person that won't forget you, that will never leave you, but will always come to you. Can I have an amen on that? So you must have that assurance. It is the genesis of making decisions. The second thing is that I've experienced in my life is alignment. It's aligning my desires to God's heart. Now the word alignment means just putting everything in the right a place that it all goes in one direction. You shift and you make shifts, you align the wheels of the car so that all heading in the same direction that is not pulling left or pulling right. 
You align your life, your desires. You align it and bring it in to God. And you lay it there. And that can cause conflict. Because often in those times that we're making these decisions and trying to align, some of the struggles we face is that we, 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 we go into a place of fear. We fear what people will say if we make this decision. If you say, no, I'm not going this way. Oh, they'll cut me out of the circle. But you're standing, aligning yourself with God. You're not aligning yourself with what they want you to do. For young people, that's critical. But also for older people. Sometimes you say, I can't align myself because what if I make the wrong decision? I'll be a failure. Well, try to outdo Jacob. You won't win. Because God never rejects and we've all made mistakes. And the last thing is when our heart and our emotions are not in sync. Our emotions and our thinking are not in sync. God wants you to bring your heart and your mind together and bring it into him. I found that in my life that if I found peace, even though the decisions are hard, I found that peace that I've come to a place of rest with God, even though it's painful at times. I align myself with what's on God's heart because I'm assured he loves me, because I'm sure he cares about me. I'm sure he's got my best interest at heart. I'm sure that he loves me more than I love myself and he knows me better than myself. This God never leaves or forsakes. That brings me to this thought as I was preparing that God in Psalm 139 says, I created your innermost being and you knit me together in my mother's womb that God would love me more than I love myself. So where do you go? The step that you've got to take when you're aligning is to surrender your life to God's control. Listen to Romans chapter 12. So, Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. This is one of the most defining verses of my life laying my life down to his purposes and his plan. One of the greatest examples, and over the season of our Christmas and the Advent, I spent a fair amount reading about Mary and Joseph. Somehow I kept going there, drawn to her, how the angel comes to her, Mary, a young girl with her own dreams, her own ambitions, planning to marry a man that would look after her and she'd have a family. And suddenly a word comes to her from an angel. And her world is turned upside down. Angel says, you will be impregnated by the Holy Spirit who will come upon you and you shall bear the Savior of the world. 
but she was betrothed to be married to another man. How do you go and tell her? Uh, how does she tell her husband to be, I'm pregnant, not your child? But listen to how she responds to the angel. Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it happen to me as you say. Her assurance that was God did love her and had a bigger plan for her life and was faithful. She decided to align herself to God's heart and God's plan. And so she surrendered to the one who holds her life in his hands. And God offers and calls us when Jesus said to the crowd, seek first. That means order of priority. Seek first my kingdom and what God wants. Then all other needs will be met as well. God will take care of us. But the last point I want to make, and it's the big overall picture, it's the headlines, it's the guiding principles, it's this assurance and confidence that God has your life in his hands and he loves you and he only wants the best for you. And that you can align your life to him and trust him because he knows you better than you know yourself and he loves you. But here's the final, is when you come to a place of decision, it's called active obedience. An act of faith and obedience. It's not just knowing that, it's taking that step of active obedience and faith. God always leaves that responsibility to you. Even when you don't understand, even when you're laying your ideas down, and even when it's sacrificial, and you realize, is this the end? God's taking me here. But I must make that decision. He won't push you. He won't force you. This God who loves you wants you to take a step of faith and active loving obedience. I mentioned I focused on um, Mary and Joseph in the account of the advent, the birth, Jesus' earthly father. Very little is written about him. In fact, it's quite strange For a man who very little is written about, he played one of the most critical roles in the birth of Jesus and the coming of the Savior to this earth. He didn't understand what was happening, but he had a a sense that God knew and God cared. He had that assurance. He tried to come to a place of aligning his life with God's will. The scripture tells us about his active obedience. Three short accounts. In the first chapter of the book of Matthew, Mary comes to tell him, 
I'm carrying a child. And his heart is broken. He doesn't understand. But he's a good man. He decides to do it privately and push her aside. Not push her aside. Let her go. Not make a big deal about it and humiliate her. But an angel comes to him and speaks to him in a dream and says, she's carrying the Messiah that you've been waiting for. Listen to his response. When Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord's angel had told him to do. And he took her as his wife. That's active obedience, steps of faith. And then the child is born, he's dedicated. And the year that the uh, emperor Herod was about to kill the people, the little babes, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child, his mother, and escape to Egypt because Herod is starting to look for the child so he can kill him. Stay in Egypt until I tell you to return. So Joseph got up, left for Egypt during the night with the child and his mother. Act of obedience, steps of faith. Joseph is now settled in Egypt. And then he hears, get up, one night in a dream. Uh, that man must have dreaded going to sleep sometimes. <laughs> in a dream. While he was in Egypt, settled now, we imagine Jesus a little toddler now. All settled, got a nice little house, paid off the bond, <laughs> growing his vegetables. He's got a nice gazebo outside. Everything is settled. And he's putting in a swimming pool too. So everything is settled. Get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt because Herod is starting to look for a child. Sorry, the wrong scripture. The angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream and he said, Get up. <laughs> Take that child out of my mind. And his mother and go to the land of Israel. But you brought me here and I must go back. Yes, because the people who are trying to kill the child are now dead. So Joseph took the child and his mother and went to Israel. It's called active obedience. That's your responsibility. Bobby and I were at Bible school at one stage together. She followed me looking for me and she found me. <laughs> and we felt God had tugged our hearts to become missionaries, to go to northeastern Namibia and Golden Frontier where there was a war to an unreached people's group known as the Hambukushu. And in this local church, which was only till where that door is closed up. Small group, little low stage. They felt God had spoken to them as well. The leaders came to me and said, 
you're going, you're stepping out in faith. Yeah, yeah. We want to stand with you and support you. At a time when they weren't able to pay the bond, the minister that was here, a friend of mine, didn't take salary for three months. So they could send us in an act of faith of obedience. They didn't tell us that. We found out later. And with our three-week-old baby, we set out on the road to Namibia, into the bush. When I took Bobby along the dust road, she said, where are we going? <laughs> we settled and established ourselves and reached people for the Lord. And then the same church and its leaders said, we want you to consider coming back and pastor with us here. And with three children now, we came back. And one of those children was Daniel, your pastor. But a step of active faith and obedience led to us where we are today. And when it came in 2019 that the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time now to hand over the baton and move to the next generation. In obedience, we said yes. Painful at times, but yes. And today, we celebrate 2023 together. Can you trust him? Because he has you, you can have the assurance he loves you. You can align yourself to him. Because he's faithful and he will look after you. But you will take, need to take that active step of obedience. What's God speaking to you? What's God saying to you? Would you bow your heads with me as I close? I don't know what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about. What he's been tugging at your heart. It's not me. It's not my preaching. It's just the Holy Spirit who knows all things and dwells everywhere. Will you take that step of obedience into an active step of faith and trust? What area do you need to surrender? What area do you need God's grace for? What area do you need of God's assurance? Will you spend time reflecting on that? I opened with a prayer that I'd like to lead you in. Would this be your prayer? Lord, I open my heart to you that I may know you more clearly, that I would love you more dearly and follow you more nearly, day by day, as I enter into this new season of my life. 
I want your will more than I want mine. Lord, hear the prayers of your children. But maybe you've come to a place in your life that you said, you know, I've drifted from God and I need to come to that place of giving my life into his hands. Making a commitment to him to say, I want to follow you. And you want me to pray for you. I'd love to do that and say, Lord, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm giving my life to you. I don't know what the future is, but I want to surrender my life to you. I'd love to pray for you. If you have that desire, won't you just slip your hand up in the air? I can pray for you, wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. Up on the balcony, God bless you. Right at the back, God bless you. A number of people are raising their hands. Won't you just pray this prayer with me? If you've raised your hand, do you adore Jesus? On this, the second week, second Sunday of 2023, I give my life to you so that I may follow you more nearly, love you more dearly, and more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.